Welcome to the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. This is episode six with our special guest, Charmin Extrasoft. Let's get to it. What is your kill to death ratio? Oh, actually, my my KD is not very big. It used to be actually pretty decent. I used to be almost in the twos, but now I'm actually oh. down to like a one point one one. I think I'm pretty low right now. But that also comes in the aspect of I'm doing a lot of YouTube videos and I'm using a lot of weapons and things of that nature that I usually would not use because people want to see videos on different things. So I have to kind of play outside the box on my play style a lot. And in doing that, I end up getting killed quite a bit. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm more of an average player. I'm no, you know, huge actual crazy on player or nothing like that. Now I got two good friends, you know, a Pokemon master, a Pokemon trainer, excuse me, and awesome Ewok. Now these guys, whoo, these guys actually, they will be able to play and just go ham sandwich on any game uh-huh. mode. Pretty much, these guys are excellent, and they're good friends of mine, and they end up appearing in my videos quite often as well. I think uh, my my most OP class setup in the game actually. All the footage was from them guys. They are excellent at this game or pretty much any shooter for that matter. Uh, me, I am more of the average player. <laughs> if you think your kill to death ratio is low, ours is like, what, 50? 0. 0.77. 0. 0.77? I ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Just playing the game. As but long as you're reason- having fun, that's what matters in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, that is. The reason is because three people play on it. It's not just one person. Yeah, we're a family of six. Uh, we're actually brothers, and we have two other brothers. We go oh, okay. play it. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's the other thing that some people have to understand too, is not everybody does play on everybody's accounts and KDs don't really so much matter. You know what actually matters more to me than a KD when it comes to these kinds of games? I play modes more so like Supremacy and Walker Assault more than anything. Your know, turning point, these kinds of game modes are the ones that are for me, the larger style game modes. And the thing that matters to me more is your win ratio, not your KD. Because if you the better win ratio you have, in my opinion, I hope it would reflect that you are a team player and you're playing the game objectively. Because if you're not playing objectively and you're sitting back and just getting all the kills in the world, but you're not helping capture nothing or playing objectively at all, then what good is your KD if you can't help the team? You see what I'm saying? So got to yeah. be a team player, in my opinion. Our win ratio is 69% right now. Yeah, see, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good win ratio. Mine's right around the 70s, so I mean, it's it's you're right there. You know, you're obviously players that are actually playing the game objectively, like you should. You know, obviously you don't want to consistently sit there and die all the time, but I mean, honestly, we'll put it into perspective. In games like Supremacy, for example, you know, you could die a hundred thousand times, but the fact remains that those hundred thousand deaths are not going to cost you the entire match. You see what I'm saying? It's you're not going to lose because you got so many deaths. You know, you're going to lose because the objectives weren't claimed. So that's one thing I think people need to consider sometimes. But when they start actually talking about KDs and all that stuff, you know, it's not always about KD. It's about if you're playing the game as a team and as an objective player. That's what kind of matters. These MLG guys who actually play like these Call of Duties and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, people are like, oh, they got awesome KDs. Yes, they do. But they also know how to work together as a team. You see what I'm saying? If you can't work together as a team, you're never going to get anywhere. So people actually just need to start focusing a little bit more on the team play than actually worrying about their KDs, in my opinion. So uh, how do you think is the best way to find a good team that you can talk to? Because we just got the PlayStation 4 and we don't have any friends on it at all. <laughs> well, best way would probably be able to, uh, you know, just branch out. There's got to be some forms. Uh, I know 
Battlefront itself has a form on EA uh, Battle. I think it's what is it? Just StarWarsBattlefront.com. Uh, you can go ahead and use forms over there. There's probably some LFG sites, things of that nature. Just networking out with people, checking out YouTubers, YouTube channels, things of that nature. You know, meeting people, talking on the conversation boards and whatnot might be able to help you. Um, the downside with Battlefront is that there is no game chat. That's the one part that kind of hurts you because it's hard to you know talk to people in the actual game through game chat because there is none it's always party chat so that's going to be the downside so when it comes to say battlefront you're definitely going to want to go on to some sort of google search and look up some forms and looking for people looking to actually play and make these parties up and actually form teams that would be my best bet and way to go about it okay okay so you're you're on 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 xbox one right i play uh actually i have it on both xbox one and on playstation 4 so I, but I play mostly on Xbox One. Yes, that is correct. Which do you prefer, Xbox or PlayStation? That's a tough one. Uh, I I tend to say that I prefer Xbox. I honestly do. Uh, like I said, I did a lot of with upload and whatnot. You know, they kind of doing videos and stuff like that on Xbox help me basically find myself in saying that I want to be like a video creator, say, in like YouTube and stuff like that. So I have to kind of give it to Xbox for that. When it comes to games also, I also have to kind of give it to Xbox. Xbox, I think, has a lot more better when it comes to the first-party side of gaming. And on top of that, uh, PlayStation has a lot more on the indie side, which I do like as well. So, you know, PlayStation is really racking those indies, and that's not a bad thing. And I think PlayStation does have better sales overall when it comes to, like, discounts. Like, they always have these flash sales, and I love the flash sales because I can pick up games at really, really good discount prices. But... Personally, when it comes to gaming in general, I tend to actually play on Xbox more. I know that there is a graphic difference when it comes to 1080p's and stuff like that, yeah. and 900p's and things of that nature. But you know, not every PlayStation game is hitting 1080p. Even Battlefront, for example, is only hitting 900 on PS4, where it's yeah. like I think it's 720 on Xbox. I think, but I have right. the game on both platforms. And I've seen the game on both platforms. And honestly, there really doesn't appear to be that much of a difference. And I'm not fanboying over it. I'm really not. Don't don't yeah. please don't consider me that way. I I call myself a gamer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's I what have we do. PlayStation. I have Xbox. I have place uh excuse me, Xbox 360. I have PC. I game on every single platform that I can think of because all of these different games out there are exclusive to different games and different platforms and different things. So if I was to limit myself and say I'm just a PlayStation guy or just an Xbox guy, I'm taking all the experiences from all these other games out of my presence. I will never be able to play them because I'm just being too strict and just staying with that one console. So I consider myself a gamer. I don't consider myself a fanboy or loyal to one console over the other. I like them all, for example. But when again, when it comes to gaming between PS4 and Xbox One, I think I have more fun on Xbox One. Yeah, we're kind of the same way with you. We we just now got our first PlayStation ever. Uh huh. So we're I like both things. They do their own thing very differently than each other very well. Yes. That's what I like. If you can do your own thing good, then why does there need to be a competition? Yeah, exactly. And it just angers me like how people get over all of these flame wars over Oh yeah. All this stuff. I mean, it's if you enjoy playing on that platform, good. You can play on that platform. If someone else enjoys playing on another platform, they can play on that platform. Exactly. We play Minecraft on our Mac and then we play Battlefront on PlayStation, and then we also have a Wii U. Yeah, oh yeah, I have a Wii U as well, actually. I totally forgot about that. 
<laughs> I don't play it too much, but I do have a Wii U. The, uh, the Wii U is more f- better for our family is because it's got more multiplayer games. Like, we can have play Smash Bros, which is eight players, and our whole family can play. Yes. Well, See, for, the Wii U lacks for me... Uh, almost for the same concept, it's because that the multiplayer side of it, though, tends to be a little bit more on the couch co-op side yeah. rather than online co-op. You know, I myself, I'm like 34 years old. I have a three-year-old son who, obviously, right now, since he's three years old, it's not like I can really hand him that uh, Wii U moat and expect him to not slam it around or break it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of expensive piece of equipment right there. And so almost- when he gets older, it'll be a little more fun. But as of right now, I'm just kind of soloing it on the Wii U. And it's almost impossible to get a replacement for that gamepad. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We thought about, my mom was like, May, I think before we get a new game for the Wii U, we might try and get a new gamepad. And mm. she's like, how do we do that? And I said, I don't know how you're supposed to do that. Yeah, I don't think they even sell them. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't do anything without that gamepad, and then you don't sell them. Mm-hmm. That's I, crazy. I call it Wii Useless. Without it, <laughs> I, I it blows my mind on some of the games with the Wii U how you have to still use the old Wii remote. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like the I, yeah. I, I don't I don't get that to me. Um, especially Mario Party, for example, you can't play Mario Party. You can just play Bowser Party unless you have those little remotes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I know. I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and me being a person, like I said, I bought Mario Party at one time, and uh, the new one that just came out, and I tried to play it and whatnot, and I was like, I'm playing Bowser Party, and I'm pretty much watching the AI play Mario Party, and I can't play Mario Party myself unless I want to use one of these little Wii, rem- Wii remotes, and I don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, it's not online, so I have no one to play with, and it just is very boring. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, they did a very bad job of marketing the Wii U because a lot of people thought it was just a new thing for the Wii. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And it's got so many missed opportunities. Like, you can play games off of the TV. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have just the gamepad in your hand and playing a game. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Especially if, like, say, someone wants to watch a something on like real tv like you just switch the input and you can play your game oh yeah that's what i like but you are right that there aren't many multiplayer games like online yes. i'd say the only one that you can do pretty much online without using meverse is splatoon yeah that's just first party games oh yeah but they have improved their third party support a little mm-hmm. bit Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope the NX will be pretty good. I don't know what to expect from it yet, but I hope that Nintendo kind of gets themselves situated a little bit because uh, I do like Nintendo products for sure. Yeah, they rival, like, Disney with their IPs. Oh, yes. And they're supposed to be making movies out of them, and if they did that, they could... That would be crazy. That would be crazy. I mean, Disney was trying to buy them for a little bit. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. And I was like, don't don't sell out to Disney Nintendo. They're just gonna they won't make video games. <laughs> Disney's gonna own the world. Oh man. You know what I think though that Disney I think Disney's doing a pretty good job at Star Wars, I will yes. say that. You know, yeah. no no spoilers for the movie or nothing like that, but I think uh well I'll put it this way, when it comes to the perspective of Disney, a lot of people are forgetting the aspects that Disney 
has done all the Marvel movies. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And the Marvel movies are really good. You I, know, like I don't know anybody who doesn't like the Marvel movies, for example, you know, Avengers and stuff like that. You know, this is Disney right here we're talking about. So when it comes to Star Wars, again, I've seen the new Force Awakens and I think it's done really good. So I like I'm how, actually really impressed. I like how Disney is now starting to reboot universes. Like they aren't going off of the pre-made Marvel stuff. They're making their own stories. Yeah. I like how they're doing that. No, and I, if George Lucas still owned uh, Lucas Films, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be having a new Star Wars or a new Battlefront. Yeah, we might, we might, but I don't think we'd have it in this timeline that we're having. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, there, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but uh, you know, Episode Seven has just come out. But they are actually going to be bringing another Star Wars film next year, about the same time that the Force Awakens released, right around Christmas time, and that is going to be called Rogue One. So it's not going to be episode eight, but it's going to be Rogue One. It's going to be a film pretty much dedicated just to Rogue Squadron uh, all by itself. And then the following year after that is when episode eight is going to come out. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. And they're going to be two different directors and everything. So it's not like they're going to be having so much focus on this one versus that one. And they don't have enough time to spend on it because they're being made by different directors and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's enough time to focus on each of these but yeah, Rogue One is going to be another brand new Star Wars series that's coming out next year. And I don't think it would have had this many movies and this much impact uh, if it wasn't for going to Disney. Again, I do love George Lucas and all he's done for Star Wars. He is the sole inventor in all of this when it comes to Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? And you know, I think everybody hats off to the man and would thank him for it, absolutely. But I think also with his timelines of putting movies out, you know, and having them sit for so long, uh, this is definitely a good move to help get these movies out and stuff like that. Again, they're also being brand new. They're not really, they're they're kind of made in the likeness of the the universe that he's created, but the stories themselves are still actually brand new and not actually George Lucas's stories. You know, he actually came out and said that he's kind of cutting ties with it. He doesn't want to be involved in these new movies in any way because uh, you know he thinks he would be more in the way than anything. So. These are solely the visions of Disney right here, but they're also aspects, you know, using things from uh, the creations of George Lucas. So, but I think they're doing a really good job with it. I really do. Yeah, I like how they're going like with the original trilogy, where they have different directors with it. Cause oh yeah, George Lucas was in charge of the prequels, like completely, and he directed all of them. And mm. he had that same vision for the three. While in the originals, they could go off in different styles. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I like. Oh, yeah. And isn't Rogue One supposed to go how the Rebel Alliance got the Death Star plans? I'm not really sure because, again, this is uh, solely in Disney's vision, so it could go anyway, for example. Um, I'm going to say this one here. I'm not, again, not spoiling nothing from the movie, but you will see aspects, say, in Episode 7, for example. There's a lot of Star Wars books that came out where different events have actually happened. Oh, yeah. But I've been reading. As okay, many so of those you, as I can. So if you are a Star Wars book person, like I myself am not, but I do have a friend who's a big Star Wars book person, and he stated that you're going to see things in this movie that are events that took place in some of these books, but they're not taking the place the same way that they did happen in the books, i.e. like some of the character names are different. Some situations that actually happen to one character don't actually happen to that particular character, but they still happen just to somebody else. So you are going to see things that 
you do actually remember from, say, some of these books and stories and stuff like that, but they're not going to be happening the same way that you actually remember them. But uh, like I said, my good friend, he's a good Star Wars buff friend. And, you know, even with these changes and whatnot that happened in seven, he still absolutely enjoyed seeing these things, even though they happened a different way. So it's pretty neat. I like how they're have you seen the book the uh, before the awakening? Have you heard of that? I have, no, I have not seen it. No, but it goes into like how the characters, what the characters were doing before the actual movie. Okay, I'm really excited to read that one. Oh, okay, and I would definitely suggest watching the movie first, though. So yeah, you don't I'm, spoil do- I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like how they actually made a book for Battlefront. Okay. I actually didn't even know that. You didn't? It was a, it's oh. called Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company. Ooh. I might have to check that out. Yeah, I've been trying to get it from my library. Uh, they, I'm thinking if they do do a story to Battlefront, it's going to go off of what they created in that book. That might not be a bad idea, actually. Because that's already been created. People are learning how the Battlefront game takes place in the universe. Mm-hmm. So they could put that in use with the actual game. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm really interested on what how Disney takes it in the direction that they're trying to go to with EA with their ten year licensing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm really excited how they take it because they actually stated that they're going to have multiple games. So we might actually have a single player Battlefront game and the long year after year they're gonna alternate like star wars multiplayer star wars single player something like that maybe oh yeah i think we're definitely gonna see um some more battlefronts for sure and there's talk of a new star wars game they believe is kind of like a reimagining of 1313 which never came out by visceral that is possibly going to be doing it. It's going to be like an open-world RPG kind of thing. So I'm kind of like, whoa, what are we talking about here? But you can guarantee that if this game does, in fact, come out, that I will be covering it on my YouTube channel for sure. It's Harmon XL Gaming. When it comes to these these Star Wars games that are coming out, I will be trying to cover as many of them as possible on my channel. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to try. I'm really excited about that game. Oh, yeah. Because I really love the Force Awakened, no, the Force Unleashed Yes, Force Unleashed was really good, too, yes. So I'm hoping that they kind of take it that way, but just open air, open world. Oh, yeah. Because I was really disappointed, along with my cousin, about them canceling 1313. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think a lot of people were. I was really disappointed as well. It was supposed to actually come out pretty early on in the set of the new consoles. You know, that's what it was yeah. supposed to happen. But, uh, yeah, they got canceled, and we're kind of like, oh, no, so... Right now, I'm kind of hoping more for uh, the backwards compatibility on Xbox One to, you know, allow us to start playing Force Awakens again, and that, or Force Awakens, uh, excuse me, Force Unleashed again. You <laughs> I know, did the exact so. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that'd be cool. But uh, yeah, we need some more single player story based uh, Star Wars games for sure. You know what I really would like to see though, honestly, this is the part that kind of gets me, and I don't, I honestly don't think this is going to happen. But I saw this really cool picture on Twitter that said war. 
War never changes, you know, just like on Fallout, you know. And what it was, though, is it was CPO oh. and he had like these guns. You got to see him from the back. You could see the holsters and whatnot and possibly even like a pit boy on his arm. And R2-D2, you know, was basically dog meat, for example. And everything was kind of like the Star Wars universe. You just kind of see him walking through. It's a still picture. You see him walking through uh, Tatooine right now, Mose Eisley. And I'm sitting here going, man, I'm just thinking to myself, if if they could do something in a sense, with Visceral and uh, actually making a game like they were talking about an open-world RPG-style game for Star Wars, and it was something along the lines of, say, a Fallout style. I'm not saying actual pit boys or anything like that, but I'm saying the aspects like Skyrim does and whatnot, where there's so much stuff you could pick up and loot and take and create and make and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it would just be amazing to see a Star Wars game like that. I would blow my mind to see something like that. It would blow me away. I actually saw that picture that you're talking about, but I didn't yeah. connect it. I didn't connect it with Fallout, but now it's blowing my mind. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what it is. Cause that, that's that that famous saying, you know, war, war never changes. That's a Fallout reference right there. So, I mean, obviously, it's not. It's a fan made picture. It's not from Visceral or EA or nothing like that. But it just looks so cool, and I'm just going, man, that would be awesome to have a Star Wars Fallout. I would love that. So, that it would be really cool if they actually actually did a game with R2-D2 and C-3PO. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. There's definitely so much that they can do in this Star Wars universe, and I think that they will be pursuing as much as they can when it comes to it, for sure. I just hope they don't go so much into the mobile app side. I know they got some mobile app games, uh, you know, but to me mobile app games are not really gaming and i think that's how sometimes these numbers can get screwed you know when it comes to you know males versus females or anything just the number of gamers out there in the world i think are misconstrued by mobile apps because yeah. me personally i don't consider the angry birds player as a gamer you know <laughs> i play i can play angry birds sure but it's something that I'm going to probably do like when I'm at the doctor's office just waiting in the waiting room. That To me, that's not gaming. You know what I'm saying? That's just I'm just trying to pass some time until I get my number called to go see the doctor. You know what I'm saying? Gaming yeah. is when you're at home on a console or on a PC or something like that and you're spending hours playing something. I, I can't see a mobile app to be considered in that lineup of saying a true gamer. But that's just my opinion. So Yeah, when I see those mobile games, I'm like... The time you spent with all th- these three mobile games, you could have made a Star Wars game on the consoles. Oh, yeah. That I really want. Yeah. Because I want as many Star Wars games as I possibly can. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the way that they've been working with the mobile, I mean, mobile in Japan is blowing console cells out of the water, but in... <laughs> In America or Europe, U.S. area, they have been slowing down a lot since the release of the iPhone. And then we've, we're like, we want console games and then everyone else wants mobile games. Mm. It's kind of a, they got to pick and choose which ones they want to release. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you like PC gaming or console gaming better? Uh, I tend to kind of go more towards the console side of things. Uh, you know, again, I'm like 32 years old, so I grew up with console gaming. Yeah. For that matter, um, I have nothing against PC gaming. I do do PC gaming, but I just don't uh, 
tend to fancy playing on PC as much. So, yeah, I tend to prefer to go to the console side. So we have Macs, and it is so hard to game on Macs. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you can't even get about you can't get Battlefront on a Mac. It's gotcha. just uh, yeah, tr- I tried. I downloaded the let's see, the beta say three times. Uh-huh. With a virtual machine on my Mac. And this is a 3.3 gigahertz Mac. Like this is a, not a weenie Mac, but they just don't support the same kind of coding that it has. Absolutely. I got you. I'm not really too familiar with the Macs and whatnot, but yeah, that would that would be nerve wracking for sure. Yeah, so the only game the few games that are supported are like Minecraft. I know Shadow of Mordor, it's on Mac too. But if you want to go to Unity, I'd say the only f- no, not Unity, uh Origins. The few games that they have on there are Sims and that's pretty much it. Sims in a soccer game. Wow. Yeah. So that's why we we have to get a console if we want to play some of the newer games. Because wow. it'll take a long time if it, if they even come to come to Mac. Gotcha, yeah. But with the Macs, they have a lot more like creating software, while the Windows side has a lot more gaming capabilities. Yeah, I can see how that works, kind of. I mean, uh, you know, on the PC, they have their own little... Xbox app itself, and they actually use a lot of games you can even download for free as well. So they uh, think they have, you might be right on that one for sure. But again, yeah. I don't I don't game on Apple. I don't have an Apple myself, so I really don't know. But hey, if you got it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So what do you use to edit your videos and audio? Uh, my audio, I usually go through Audacity, and then on my uh, video side, uh, I tend to use. It depends on what I'm doing, but sometimes I can use a little bit of After Effects. And um, Adobe Premiere is uh, pretty much my editing software and whatnot. So I'm really interested on how you make your videos. Do you just do you have like a script ready or? Uh, no real script. I just kind of just uh, do. I have a topic in mind and I go ahead and talk about it, record and whatnot, and then uh, basically get some footage and piece it all together. And bam, there we go. You know, I try okay. to keep my footage as much to the topic as I possibly can as well. You know, I try to make sure everything links up and everything, but uh, sometimes I'll do a uh, recording where I'm actually playing and talking at the same time, where other times I will actually do my audio first and then go get my clips because I already got my subject base covered. So it yeah. all depends on exactly what I'm doing. I think one of the reasons you're like growing so fast is because you're doing something different than other people are doing in the gaming area. Oh, really? You know, wow. Yeah, most like gaming ones, uh, gaming mm-hmm. YouTube channels they're doing where they're actually playing the game and not actually discussing what's in the game okay where you actually discuss in depth what the game is actually doing oh yeah i try to tend to be a little bit more on the knowledge base of things you know uh teaching people different things about weapons about the uh, how to play different game modes and stuff like that i will eventually kind of go into say just doing some uh normal gameplay stuff you know people have uh asked me to do some of those kinds of things and i will eventually branch out to that but you know there's still a lot of things that i can cover information wise and uh, that's kind of where i tend to focus myself for the most part is spreading knowledge on games and uh how to basically be a better player now obviously i can't make somebody a top-notch player with a KD of like seven something or whatever you know I myself am an average player but if any there's any tips out there that I could give people to help them out then uh, that's basically what I'm doing right there 
Yeah, give them the knowledge to do that, and then let them do it themselves. Exactly, because I can't, I can't make somebody an MLG player. That's yeah. not my goal. My goal is just to help people, you know, enjoy the game and play it a little bit better, so that they can find it more fun. You know, there's no reason yeah. to rage quit out on a game because you don't understand a certain thing. So if I could spread knowledge onto certain things that I know about the game that might help you be a better player, then hey, let's do it. You know. Yeah, my favorite uh, YouTubers are actually ones that teach me things. So, oh yeah, I'm not just sitting there watching someone play a game. I'm actually learning something about that game. Oh yeah, yeah, that's basically the way I try to do it. Like I said, just try to stay informational. Yeah, like on our YouTube channel, we do the Mountain View Talk Show. We kind of try and put things learning into a fun way. Okay, kind of uh-huh. like kind of like what you're doing. Yeah, where you've got the clips behind, just showing it. It's not just you talking on a black screen. Exactly. So you can actually see what the guys you like you're doing in the background of that video and then try and learn what you're doing just by watching those clips. Absolutely. Do you have any tips for a YouTube channel? For a YouTube channel? Uh, well, basically, if you are starting a YouTube channel, my opinion is just to keep at it. I think, um, again, I'm still new myself. You know, I've only been doing YouTube for maybe about a year. Uh, January 18th will be my one year mark. I am at uh, just hit 6,000 subs today, which is very, uh, very good. Uh, it's actually kind of like a little bit of record breaking kind of thing, in my opinion. That, you know, most people don't hit uh, that many subs that fast. Uh, yeah, it, I was amazed when you hit 6,000 subscribers. I was like, what? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, I appreciate every single one of the subs that I have. I mean, I wouldn't be anywhere without these guys. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate all of them. But again, it's 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 really hard to become a YouTuber. It's I just want to say, but the thing is, it's how do I put it? It's it's a game where you have to have patience. Okay, there's ups and downs to everything. If you are starting a YouTube channel, the hardest part is going to be probably your first 500 subs. Okay, once you hit your first 500, then you start to grow a little bit. Sometimes people hit their first 500 really fast, you know, but it just takes time. That's probably the best thing I can tell people is that you do not want to get discouraged. It's not always up and down. Like I said, I'm at the very back end of my first year. You know, again, January 18th is my one year mark all the way up until Battlefront released. I was struggling to hit my first thousand. I mean, struggling. Now Battlefront's released. People are starting to take notice to my videos and whatnot and what I'm doing. And people are enjoying Battlefront. And I've just skyrocketed and went to 6,000. So, I mean, that is the best thing I can tell you is don't get discouraged. If you are a person trying to become a YouTuber or want to do YouTube, just keep at it. You know, the more videos you make, the better chance you have that people are going to find you and see you and maybe even enjoy what you do. So don't let anybody tell you that you're not going to be a good YouTuber. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't be a YouTuber because you can. So basically, just stay focused in what you're doing. Do what you do, and eventually people will eventually find you. It just takes time. It really does. It's not you're not going to be, you know, PewDiePie, you know, 25 million subs or so or 50 million subs overnight. It's not going to happen that way. It takes time. It really does. Time and patience. But just stay focused at it and you'll eventually achieve it. Yeah. Like what you were saying about how you boomed in Battlefront, like our podcast, it boomed with Battlefront. It yeah. was crazy. Like we've got 2,000 total plays on five episodes. Wow. That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if people are going to listen to us, but we tried it and we're like, whoa, are you serious? Oh, yeah. 
yeah, Star Wars is a big topic, for example. I mean, there's a huge fan base behind it. And sometimes that also helps, too, is finding that fan base. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it, definitely if when it comes to YouTube and, like you're saying, podcasts, do something that you enjoy as well. You know, if you're just saying, I'm going to do this game because it's a hot topic, but you don't enjoy the game yourself, yeah. then you're not actually... You're, it's going to show in your content because... Your content's going to lack because you truly don't enjoy it. You see what I'm saying? So pick something that you enjoy, and you'll actually go a little bit farther, you know, as long as there's also people that also will enjoy it themselves. So find something that you think people will enjoy, but make sure you also enjoy it as well. I I pride myself on not lying. There is people out there. I'm not naming any names. I don't really know anyone personally, but I do know that there is people out there that probably will do some shady stuff and will lie and whatnot and whatnot. I will never do that. You know, if like even for example, the Java blaster, you know, I hate the weapon. I get a lot of controversy on the video that I did on that weapon. You know, people saying that I don't know what I'm talking about or whatnot. And yeah, may, maybe, but my views are my own. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. hate the weapon. I absolutely I despise too. the weapon. I think it's garbage. And I think in my personal opinion that this weapon, you know, needs some work because people will say this weapon's great you got to just put this star card on it you got to buff it with you know explosive shot or you got to use focus fire on it but you know what the video is not about what star card works good for the weapon the video is about the weapon weapon itself itself, yeah yes so if you have to buff the weapon in order for it to be good in my opinion it's garbage yeah the weapon has to perform outside of cooldowns you know what i mean if you were relying on a cooldown or this focus fire, for example, you know where you have to get so many charges, you have to get all the, you have to have your charges stocked up. If you run out of charges and you got the rest of the match to go, you're hurting yourself. You know what I mean? So there's so many weapons out there that can perform so much better that don't have to have a car, star card to actually work. So that's one of the big reasons I put that Java blaster, that shotgun, down on such a low pedestal because you have to pretty much add stuff to it to make it truly perform better. Unless, of course, you're camping, and that's a different subject. <laughs> if if a gun can only shoot three times before overheating, eh, kind of get in trouble if you have to add something to that card so it doesn't overheat. Yeah, yeah. And you got to use a cooling cell or something like that, you know what I'm saying, to make that happen. It's, it's crazy. It, it, oh, there's so many downsides to that weapon. I, that's why I put it such a low tier, but... People will put it up on such a high tier because it does, like, the most damage in the game. Well, sometimes damage is not the way to go. It's about versatility, something that could work in all situations. And when you limit yourself to pretty much almost melee range for a weapon, I'm sorry. That's just not fun. (laughs) It has zero range. Yeah, it's uh, so bad, in my opinion. It's it's like with life. Everything has to be in balance. Yes. Do uh, Do you listen to any podcasts? Uh, I do a little bit. Um, I listen to you guys, actually. You know, I've, I've seen a couple of your guys' episodes. And then I also listen to um, Spoil Sports. Uh, a couple of my friends actually do Spoil Sports. So I check them out every now and then. But again, with if it comes to Spoil Sports, as it does say in the name, <laughs> Spoil Sports, these guys... Yeah. They're a good. They're a good podcast, but they will spoil everything. You know, that, that's it. If you're if you're okay with a spoiler, check them out. If you don't want to be anything spoiled for you, then you might want to steer clear. But they will talk about spoilers. You know, that's that's their thing. <laughs> as long as it doesn't spoil Star Wars, I'm pretty good with it. They already have. You know, that's yeah. one of those things. You got to stay clear of it if you haven't seen Star Wars. Yeah. that's in their name. Spoil sports. Yeah, actually, stop. Stop listening to this one podcast. Listen to it's the Christian Nerd, and they did a Star Wars episode. And I'm like, ah, okay, I'm not listening to that episode. 
Because <laughs> they, they say it in the actual description, we're going to spoil Star Wars, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to skip this episode for now. Another thing I would say to be careful on is uh, YouTube comments. There's a lot of people who will spoil stuff in YouTube, YouTube comments. I oh, yeah. tend to try to delete them as much as possible, but <laughs> I'm sure that some slip through. You know, and it's nothing against the people or whatnot. I wouldn't mind answering their comment, but if I see a spoiler on there, I'm not going to just let it sit there for a lot of people to read because I don't want to spoil a movie for them. People have to realize that, that it's been 32 years since Return of the Jedi came out. So people have been waiting 32 years to figure out what's happened after Return of the Jedi. And for someone to spoil that for <laughs> them is just wrong. You know, again, know. I'm 32 years old. You know, I was born when Return of the Jedi came out. So you could say from the time period I first seen Return of the Jedi, I've been waiting my whole life to see, you know, Force Awakens. So it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty big thing. It's not like, you know, just a movie you saw last year and you're going to spoil that. These people have been waiting 32 years to see this movie. So. Yeah, it's a very big thing if you spoil it. So shame on you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised when in the original trilogy that Darth Vader was Luke's father? Uh, again, I was kind of young, so I'm yeah, I was definitely surprised. Uh, but I will say this one: I think I watched them out of order. <laughs> I think I might have started with like Jedi and worked backwards or something like that because I didn't know any. Yeah, it was definitely uh, surprising when I uh, realized what was going on. Of course, yes, absolutely. Because we grew up just watching Star Wars, and we can't remember ever not knowing that Luke's father wasn't Darth Vader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happens to a lot of people as well. Yeah. Which kind of takes away from that magic of that moment. Mm. Well, that's why I think that the new movies here will bring that magic back some way. I mean, I don't know if they will, but I'm sure I have faith that they're going to do something to bring something like that back. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, wow, what just happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. there's gonna be something out there that's going to have to do that. That's kind of a part of Star Wars in general, is, you know, always has been, is finding out what's going on in those kind of situations. And if you do watch, like, the first one, the starting with the prequels, if you do watch the first to the last, to episode six, those prequels spoil it to for you. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. In episode three, they're like Luke, Leia, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and my, absolutely. We, when we were doing our marathon, my dad was like, because uh, he actually likes the prequels a lot better than the original, which is crazy. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he actually grew up watching like, Star Wars. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike the prequels. I don't. There's a lot of people who actually will dislike the prequels, especially like say Jar Jar Binks. Not me. It's whatever. I mean, they're still yeah. fun. They're good movies. I don't dislike them. I don't think that they ruin Star Wars in any way. Even Jar Jar, for example. What people are also forgetting, believe it or not, is Jar Jar is nothing more than the replacement for C-3PO in episodes 4, 5, and 6. C-3PO is that annoying guy in 4, yeah. 5, and 6. He gets in the way with you know Leia and Han all the time. You know what I'm saying? So now we got Jar Jar. He's getting in the way of stuff, too. It's basically just you know flipping the sides, just using different characters. So uh, it's, it still works. And Jar Jar's barely in the movies. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> which, is, so. which is crazy. <laughs> well, mm. Why are you going to hate the movies for just one guy that's barely in them? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and review us. Or you can follow us on Twitter at YT. Or you can subscribe to Charmin Extra Soft at youtube.com slash Soft. Or following on Twitter at Charmin Extrasoft.
E X O. We will be releasing these episodes one day apart. Goodbye. Goodbye.